Welcome to Confidence Rockstar Podcast, a place where you will find inspiration, motivation, and let's say, kick in the bottom to take action and create the life of your dreams. I'm your host, Alex Grzybek, and I'll help you quiet that little voice inside your head saying, you can't do this. So you have the courage to go for what you've always wanted on your terms. Every week, I'll bring you some confidence golden nuggets, present an awesome interview in order to empower you to step up your game. It's time to choose happy and shine. It's time to become a confidence rockstar. Let's dive deep. Hi, everyone. It's Alex Grzebek, your host of Confidence Rockstar Podcast, and welcome to our next episode where I'm bringing you amazing women from all over the world to share their stories and inspire you to stop playing small and start taking action on behalf of your dreams. And today, my guest is amazing Sarah Needham. And uh, welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure. It's always fun to do something with you. Yes, and today with Sarah, we will be talking about something that I'm really excited about, uh, designing your relationships to achieve what you want, so to support you to achieve what you want. It's such a great topic, so I cannot wait to dive deep. But before we do that, I just would like to introduce Sarah to you. So let me just tell you a couple of words uh, about her. Sarah is a leader and the voice for transforming businesses to create a more sustainable future for life on earth. She believes that the businesses that will transform the corporate landscape in the next 10 years will put inclusive and engage leadership at the heart of innovative technology. She has built unique U coaching and B Corp certified coaching business to hold her values of sustainability, equality, technology to the highest standards. She compassionately helps tech leaders and teams make the most of their unique strength. So Sarah, welcome once again and tell us, because you know what you are doing, it's pretty unique. Yes, as your business is called Unique You Coaching. So can you just tell us, how did you get to this place uh, in this nowadays busy corporate environment? That's a very good question. Hi, everybody. Um, great to be here. Yes, my story, as you might want to call it, is I, I'm an engineer by trade. That's my degree. And I was always kind of going up through leadership, but feeling not really comfortable with who I was and where I was. And then I adopted both of my daughters. So my, both my daughters uh, are adopted. And it kind of was bringing in this a feeling that something wasn't right, but I didn't know what it was. And I definitely couldn't put my finger or, or have a conversation with anybody. And I remember one of my bosses saying to me, but what do you want actually, sir? Out of a job, what do you want? Now, I was very lucky in the corporate world. I was always supported. I was a very male-dominated industry. I was always supported by great people to help me grow in my career. And that was actually part of the problem because I was getting to a point where I was thinking, I should feel grateful how far I've got. You know, most people love to have the kind of job titles that I've got. And yet I was very unhappy. I felt like I was out of alignment. I didn't know how to speak up about the things that are important to me. I had a lot of things bubbling in me. 
Um, and now when I look back, I see I didn't or I couldn't bring the value to the business that actually I had the potential to bring. And all of this actually caused stress to nobody else around me, just me. So I was kind of going through this, first obviously hiding the fact that I was having problems having children, then hiding actually what was important to me. And I felt like every time I was kind of masking and I felt this pressure building up in my body. Um, my mum had dementia, so I was dealing with two young kids, a husband traveling a lot, my mum with dementia in the UK. And I remember my job getting bigger and bigger to the point where I said, I know I can't long term, I can't do this job that you're asking me to do. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring somebody in and they can take over from me. Um, so the plan was this person to go from me 12 months in. And actually what happened was 11 months in, I burnt out. So I knew it was coming. I knew this was all kind of building up to something. But I ran all those orange lights, you know, all those amber lights. I just kept running because I'd always been able to. I'd always been able to just keep going um, until one day I couldn't. And I remember being in the doctor's office and uh, her saying to me, uh, or me kind of basically saying what I've just said, but I've always just been able to keep going. She looked at me and her very gem response was, oh, I feel like it doesn't need me. As in, you know, well, that just doesn't work anymore. And it was a real slap in my face. Like, you know, how dare you tell me it doesn't work anymore? But it was the start. If anyone had told me those first few days when I was off that it would have been the biggest gift I ever got, I probably would have wanted to hit um, whilst I was off, my mum actually passed away very suddenly from dementia. And this was like this wake up to say, you need to take responsibility. No one else is going to do this for you. If you want to make a change, you need to stand behind it and you need to do it. And I made a promise to her that I would be a different role model to my children, to my daughters. And I walked away from industry. I didn't know what I was going to do. <laughs> But I was very clear that I needed to do something different. So I started coaching as my own self journey, you know, understand where I'd gone wrong as I saw it and understand why I was so unaligned and whatever else. And actually what transpired whilst I was doing that, I got called by Climate Kick to say, will you be the tech coach for our startups in Berlin? I'm like, green tech, sustainability, leadership. Yay, I'm there. And I built the business from there. But Although I still work with a lot of kind of startups and green tech, I mainly work with people like me five years ago. So women in corporate roles where you get to a point in your role where you're like, you know, I've worked so hard. I've got this amazing job title. And you go, why am I here? I don't really like it. And really, this is what I was aiming for. And a lot of people feel very, you know, worn out by that stage. However, it's not just the women. And I think we're seeing this with, with what's happened with covid is, you know, people are a lot more conscious, a lot more purpose-driven, a lot more like, well, actually, why am I doing what I'm doing? And this is the change we're starting to see in corporate with people leaving roles where they feel they can't make a change, they can't create a positive impact, they're not contributing something bigger. Um, and so I know that if I can help the, the C-level leaders actually wake up, start using their values and actually having real conversations again with people, this is where we can actually create a better future because it takes all of us playing to our unique strengths which is why my business is called unique you we need all of our unique contributions to be able to create a better world we need to co-create we need to collaborate we need to elevate one another and this is where there is a massive potential a massive untapped potential definitely within big businesses but also within small businesses so I often say to people, you can redesign anything that you want in your life at any point. And yet 
we're often too scared, we're too fearful of what the consequences might be. But even if we just try, usually the consequences are nowhere near as bad as what our brains can make out what might happen. Oh my God, it's beautiful what you said. And can you just tell us... Um... I just want to kind of, you know, get it straight. So you are basically like, you know, working with women who have, who are feeling the way how you are feeling. And at the same time, you are working with the leaders in the organizations who are still, because like, I understand like the women who would like to leave the corporate world, but also with the leaders who are in this world, how they can change the culture of the organization, right? Right. So helping people. So the three things I do with the the groups I do is help them either step in, so step back in boldly with conviction into the roles they have, step up into a new job within the same organization, but it's more aligned to where their strengths are and the contribution they want to make, or step out and either go create something on their own or go and join a business that is more aligned to the values that you hold and what you want to see changed in the world. And then with the senior leadership teams, it is very much around helping them compassionately see what they cannot see today. I always say, I think people, everybody like has a positive, wants to create positive impact in the world. And yet a lot of people don't see the potential to create that change. It's a bit like you and me, we both got coaches. We're both working with other people to help us see what we can't see for ourselves. And this is very much like, in, well, very clear in the, in the corporate world, all the people who are like CEO level now, They were promoted for being high achievers. That doesn't work in a CEO-like world because actually what you need to do is empower your teams, help people to actually be the best form of themselves. So we basically promoted all these people into leadership and then gone, oh, now you're there, you need to do something over here. And especially with what's happened in the last two to three years. You know, we're leading through ambiguous times. We're leading through uncertain times. We need leaders who can stand up and, and create the space for people to grow, but recognizing where they're at and not just constantly pushing, 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 pushing. It's around how we engage and enable people. You know, engagement staff, 21% globally engaged. What, what a waste. Imagine we can get global engagement up to 50, 60, 70% engagement because people are doing what they want, what they're engaged to do, what they're excited by. They're using their strengths and they're having fun along the way and they're standing firmly in their valley so they don't have that horrible icky feeling where you're feeling like something's out of filter. So it's, but all of this stuff, we can't make people wrong for where they are today. It's about helping them see where they are today with a different perspective and seeing them, the opportunities that then creates for creating more value within the business, creating more fun within the business, creating less stress within the business. Oh my God, it's it's absolutely amazing what you are saying. And those statistics are crazy. Yes, as you are saying, like what's a what's a waste? So tell us, Sarah, like, you know, from your perspective, what do you see is the biggest, I don't know, challenge, problem, block uh, in like mostly women who you are working with that, you know, they feel that they are not aligned. They feel that this is not where I want to be, yet they are so scared to move, whether it is to go to a different, um, uh, for a different position in the same organization or completely quit. I mean, what is holding them back to stay stuck? I think everyone can create the excuses, if you want, as to why they can't make change. I know I did it for years. 
but I've got two young children, but I've got this and I should be grateful for the amount of money I earn. I should be grateful for the kind of opportunities I've been given. I owe the company this. Women are very much like connected at a very deep level with what we do and the people in the business. And this is often what holds people in place. But, you know, I don't want to lose these relationships. And actually, there's a possibility that where I go to is going to be worse. So why would I make that change when everybody trusts me? You know, I, I get to do what I want. I've got a level of independence. But they're not recognizing the value of their own contribution. And this is like we quite often look after our values for other people. We completely dishonor them for ourselves. So when you're talking compassion, it's really <laughs> typical that as a leader, you're quite compassionate. You're trying to support everyone else. You watch other people grow and you're like, that that, that fills you. But when it comes to you and the internal dialogue as to how you're talking to yourself about what's important and where you're contributing, you know, you're pushing yourself down. And these the values have got to come back into alignment for you to stand up boldly and actually live that value. People see that you stand for that because your actions and your words have, have got to come together. Otherwise, it's very much that you get this feeling that something's not right. We all feel it. You can see it. When somebody says something, they fundamentally do something different. It's obvious. You can't, you can't even put it into words, but you know as a human, you know this. And, and this is the trap that a lot of us get caught into, where we're almost self-sacrificing to enable other people to fulfill that role. And this is why kind of the servant leadership model is almost broken as far as I'm concerned, because it lacks the, the bottom line as we're not looking after ourselves. We need to look after ourselves and look after others. It's the same with us as mothers. You know, how many times does this show up that you think, I do everything to support my children, give them the best chance in life, and yet we burn out because we're not looking after ourselves. It's the same with leadership. We have to take responsibility for looking after ourselves and supporting others and maybe you don't you know there are certain things you then have to say no to but you're doing it from position is it's got to be a sustainable model for me because otherwise I can't do any of it as I've had yeah it all starts with us yes but as you are saying especially women we tend to try to save the world around us like the company children family everybody else and then we are burnt out and we wonder why uh, because we do not prioritize uh, ourselves so yeah it all starts with us and the leadership starts with us and at the same time because we don't live alone we live with other people on this uh, planet so can you tell us a little bit more what we um, kind of how we title this um, episode like how to design our relationships and I really love the word design uh, so they support you in order to achieve what you want to achieve. So can you just tell us what does it mean for you and how can we do that? Yeah, let me give you an example. So when I went into that last job, um, when I knew that I couldn't, my, my thinking was I really cannot do this sustainably. Um, I remember going to my boss and basically saying, right, in order for this to work for me, I'm going to bring somebody else in. And also I'm going to have days where my mother's disease to dementia in the UK is going to emotionally impact me. On those days, if we've got a big meeting, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you a text message. Is it okay then that if we've got a big meeting, you don't, you know, you don't challenge me on stuff, 
you support what I'm trying to say. Whether you, you know, whether you fully 100% get it or not, that meeting, I cannot have you challenging me in. I need you to be my advocate. I need you to echo my voice, to amplify my voice. And if necessary, take these, you know, take on the challenge if it comes from other people. Because emotionally, I will not have the capacity to deal with this. Um, and this happened maybe, let's say, six or seven times within the year time frame that we were. He was my lead. And every time he took it, every time I could not fault in the way that he towed up for me and he amplified what I needed to say. He took the questions. If he couldn't answer it and I was not able to answer it because I was you know, struggling, then he took the action. We discussed it afterwards. We figured out the way forward. Now, there was a benefit to him in all of this. Let's not get, let's not forget this. And that is the point. We often think if we're asking for something from someone else, we're asking for help, in, then we, we, we know we've got to repay them in some way. But we forget we're repaying this every single day in the way we're showing up, in the way we're supporting them. Everything I was doing was to support him achieving his bigger goals. And so actually, it wasn't necessarily conscious, it was necessity at that point for me to ask for that because I knew that I was emotionally struggling. And therefore, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? Someone's going to really go for me. I'll start crying and basically leave the room, which doesn't help anybody. And no one would want to try and make me cry. No one would have that intention in their head. But I knew that I was at an emotional level where I wouldn't be able to cope. So let's look at this in a bigger picture. I can design any relationship and redesign any relationship, even my husband today. But I have to think. I have to be conscious as to what am I tolerating, what's not working, how, you know, what else do I need to be able to have that discussion? And the only thing that tells us there's something wrong is those horrible feeling in our stomach. And so if we can turn that feeling into, okay, so what do I need? What's missing? Which of my values is being dishonored? Whatever it might be. And then put that into words. And it's something that most people struggle to do. And yet it's something we need to start not only teaching kids, but teaching ourselves, teaching each other, helping each other through these conversations. Because I've never known to go to anyone to say, you know what? I think we can work better together. Why don't we redesign our relationships so we can support each other better? There's no one that's ever gone, oh no, I'm not. Because actually a relationship is about building trust, building connection, understanding each other. And by asking to redesign, we're showing we're investing in the relationship. We're showing that person that they're important to us. So actually, you know, finding a few people, if you're in a big business, a few strategic stakeholders that you can do something like I did. Actually, you know, specifically as a woman, when somebody starts speaking over, if someone steals or takes the idea that I've been trying to get across or whatever, actually, wait, wait a minute, I want to hear what Sarah's got to say. Can we just let Sarah finish? You know, all of this is around designing, tactically designing interactions that will support us. So you say, you know, can we redesign our relationship, how we work together so we can create more value for the business? Okay. And then you go into, so what I would, you know, what I would appreciate from you is, and then you say to them, how can I support you better? How can you, how can my strengths help you in what you're trying to achieve? 
And it's almost like, you know, I often say this with when you're going into a yearly review with your boss or somebody who's really important, they come at you and they, they're giving you feedback and everyone feels like you've got to take this feedback and that's the, the truth of the matter. Actually, if you went into that review and you said, oh, I've just done a strengths test, this and these and these are my strengths and explain them and then say, so how can we bring more value to the business, to the team by using my strengths more? That changes the whole dynamic of the conversation from you being submissive and receiving and only like listening to what their feedback is to actually, you know, I'm positively asking you how I can A, have more fun, less stress, um, and give you or help you more towards the goals you've got to achieve. So all of this is a matter of perspective, but we often are not able to see where it is that we can redesign. And we can redesign our relationships, our partnerships. You know, think about it at home. You've got a child, I've got two. You know, my husband and I are always talk about how we share things out. How does our partnership work? For example, he does all the shopping, whereas I do all the washing. You know, things like this, where you what you're trying to do is create a balance where both parties feel that they're contributing, but they're also not doing things potentially that they hate doing. I hate paperwork. He's very good at it. Not good at organising it, but, but good at making it happen. <laughs> so trying to find ways all the time to actually, how can this be a little bit more fun? How can we have less stress? How can we... You know, find things a bit more easily because we all know what it's like. You've got work, you've got home, you've got kids, you've got all this other stuff to organise. You can get very overwhelming. So designing relationships is just one way and you can design relationships in your private life as much as you design them in your, in your work life. But just being conscious, actually, who are my key interfaces, my relationships? Who are the people that support me that maybe actually I want to say thank you to more? Maybe it's just that. And who are the people that, that I support? And maybe, you know, how can I create a balance so that it's working for both of us? It's beautiful what you said. And it sounds so simple on the one hand. On the other hand, like, you know, so complicated for many people. But what you are saying, it's not only what you want, but it actually helps the other person as well. And at the end of the day, it's a win-win for both of you. And if there is a win-win, like everybody's happier, everybody's more aligned, everybody's more fulfilled. And it really changes the dynamics of the relationships and therefore the results and all the outcomes yes uh, so yeah beautiful so uh can you just tell us because this is like taking a stand yes taking a stand and being the role model as you said uh, because you can redesign the relationships but somebody has to make that <laughs> take that very first step so what kind of uh, can you tell us maybe i don't know do you have like some tips or suggestions how to make this decision to take the stand and like actually even propose redesigning this relationship if somebody is afraid like to speak to their boss or their husband or their partner I don't know neighbor mother whoever then I would just say try something small look for a relationship where you know you're safe where you know you're secure and then just try it out how could we redesign our relationships so we support each other more, so we have more fun? Whatever your intention is, and obviously always have an intention, what is the intention with redesigning your relationship? So if you're redesigning it with your partner, for example, um, your intention might be so that you've both got more time with the kids 
or so you've both got more time to work on your on your businesses whatever that might be always know what your intention is going into the conversation then as i said build confidence so go with somebody who you know like trust completely and say you know what well, how could we do this and just see what happens make it into like a game just see what happens go explore go try it out find the wording that works for you because how i've said it might not work for you try it your way find your way of doing it and then when you get a bit of confidence try with maybe one of the people that reports to you if we were going to redesign our relationship now what do you need from me and you know let's have a conversation about what i need more of from you so Create those spaces where you can literally, it's like like your acid test, go try it, go like get uncomfortable, but in a safe space. And then what I usually see people doing is, you know, actually once they recognize, and I was talking to some uh, one of my clients earlier, and he just said, I didn't realize it could actually be quite fun. And he's now got to the point where he's actually having some fun with this, saying, didn't realize that actually having an honest conversation with somebody, finding a way where we can both win, both both support each other, I, I come out feeling energized. Whereas I wouldn't wouldn't have ever occurred to me to go in and ask for this. And then going on, having a discussion with your boss, having a discussion with those key stakeholders around the business who you know can help you. You've got some kind of a relationship with and who you want to develop the relationship with maybe you're curious about maybe they're also very creative like you are maybe you just inspired by their energy and so you want to kind of exchange you can build a relationship from asking a few really interesting questions something that 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 makes you different that makes people remember you that you know is one of those things where you go wow that person's interesting and yet so often we try fall into the other track, which is just trying to fit in and be in with the crowd. It's uh, like wonderful tips, as you are uh, sharing like with us here. And I do believe that they will inspire people to take that very, very first step, starting small with like the relationship that you kind of feel that it will be maybe easier at the beginning. Having said that, you know, sometimes the biggest monster that we fear actually turns out to be one of the easiest sometimes. Yes. So I do believe that you have those kind of stories and examples. Yeah, totally. Like redesign, think of it as a value. What's the value and what's the contribution that you're trying to make? And obviously the classic one is always design and make sure you've got a very clear design alliance with your boss. Because ultimately in most hierarchical businesses, this person can influence quite strongly where you go, you know, how much fun you have at work. So be brave. What have you got to lose? If you're not getting on with them anyway, it's probably not going to get an awful lot worse if you ask the question to redesign and you might just be surprised. The answer can be yes and the answer can be no. But you know what? You won't know it's a no until you've asked the question. Exactly. If you don't ask, the answer is always no, yes? Yeah, and you're telling yourself no in your own head. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh my God, Sarah, can you just tell us like, you know, at the very end, because like the name of this podcast is Confidence Rockstar. So if you can share with us maybe like your 
couple of tips, couple of like golden nuggets when it comes to how do you improve your confidence or how you worked on your confidence in the past? What is helping you in those moments when you need to boost your confidence? How do you help yourself with that? There are two things really. One is what's the worst that's going to happen? Because like I said, our brains are wired to help us understand every single infinitive of what could happen. And yet, actually, what's the worst that's going to happen? And most of the time when you ask that question, you realize it's not that big. So, you know, let's give the example when I started posting on social media, the first few posts, it's just like, I'd never, when I came out of the corporate world, I'd never had an account, I'd never really posted. And now I'm pretty much posting daily. And my bar that I set is, if I can inspire one person to make one change, to think about something differently, then I've met the intent of my, you know, why I'm posting. So I've lowered the bar to such a stage where actually, I know I can do that. That's what I do for a living, is help people see things differently, help them see a different perception, which can help challenge their own kind of brain thinking and get them a little bit more conscious about what's going on in the rest of their bodies. So that's number one, is just always like, you know, what's the worst camera? Lower the bar as far as you can. A bit like we were saying with the relationships, go find the person that you trust the most as a starting point. And the other thing is to turn it on its head. What makes you unique is your superpower. So stop trying to fit in. Stop trying to be like everybody else. Because only by being you, can you really shine? All other spaces are taken. You know, if the path's already trodden, there's no point going there. Go find what makes you happy. Go find what makes you inspired, what excites you. And go explore it. Even maybe if it's just to start with, to kind of understand it from the point of view as to, well, it's just a hobby type, you know, passion. But maybe later it comes into something. Maybe when you start looking, all this stuff, you know, appears for you. The same way when we were trying to get pregnant, I saw all these pregnant people around me or people with babies and all this stuff that I knew I really wanted. And yet it works the other way around. When you get yourself focused on something that you want, that you are actually passionate about, it starts appearing around you. You know, we changed our mindset on that. We said, right, we're going to try adoption, just see what happens. I'm going to move my job. I'm going to, you know, stop focusing on trying to have a family. And less than nine months later, we had our first baby, just given to us. You know, if anyone had told me that at the point when I'm like crying my eyes out because I've gone through another miscarriage, I never would have believed them. And yet somehow this stuff works. It comes together when you change and start focusing on the positive, start focusing on the things that bring you energy rather than stuff that drains you energy, then you can really create change in the world. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I really love like what you shared and there are a lot of insights here and to, to digest and to um, implement, yes, to, to implement, to create that change. And I really love uh, what you shared with us and like the whole vibe of, um, about this conversation. So thank you so much for being my guest and for inspiring uh, listeners and everybody who is watching as well. So Sarah, tell us, uh, where can we find you? If people would like to connect with you, where can we find you? So the best place to connect with me is LinkedIn. That's where I'm posting, where I've got um, a following. And I'm always trying to create courageous conversations. So start, give you information to start the conversation, to try and make something change, to 
redesign something in your life because whether you decide to you want to go on a coaching journey with someone like me or someone like Alex is is, is almost irrelevant it's about creating impact to help you change something in your life and I believe we can all make positive change so let's do it together Yes, all the links to uh, to like uh, to connect with Sarah will be uh, shared in the show notes of this episode. And also, I would like to take this opportunity to tell you that like Sarah and I we will be both speaking at the Women Thrive Summit event in March. Uh, Sarah, can you tell us what your talk will be about? Yeah, sure. So my talk's called "The Future of Leadership Is Female: Female While the World Needs You," because I believe that there's a lot broken with the kind of leadership we're seeing in the world right now. And actually, this creates an amazing opportunity to do things differently, to almost like give birth to a new type of leadership where we empower, enable, and elevate one another. Mm, I'm so looking forward to that. I do agree with you. We need definitely more female read, uh, leaders. So, uh, yes. So, guys, like the link to uh, Women Thrive Summit, where we are both speakers, will be also in the show notes of this episode. So, you can grab your tickets there. There will be more than 40 amazing female leaders uh, speaking there. Absolutely beautiful story. So, we really invite you to take part in that uh, as well. So, Sarah, once again, thank you so much for being with us, for sharing sharing your wisdom and your experience with us. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Thank you guys one more time for listening and anybody who is watching here. If you are listening to this podcast, I really encourage you to go to YouTube to see the beautiful uh, beautiful smile of Sarah and her wonderful energy. And if you find this uh, episode valuable, please share it with other people. They may need to listen to this today as well. So thank you so much and speak to you in the next episode. Bye-bye. To get started on your confidence journey, I invite you to grab free five-day email course, Confidence Rockstar. You will get five daily lessons sent directly to your mailbox, so you will have access to them anytime you like. You can grab this gift on the website alexgrzybek.com forward slash five days. All of the links to this episode you will find in the show notes below. And one more thing. I want to invite you to my personal website, alexgrzybek.com, where you'll find other podcast episodes and more of the free resources to help you on your confidence journey. Bye for now, and I'll see you in the next episode.